الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters alhamdulillah allah taala enabled us to go through the very auspicious and mubarak time of the month of ramadan allah taala enabled us to fulfill the various ibadats of that time the fasting the tarawih salah tilawat of the quran sharif various other acts of righteousness may allah taala accept one and all allah taala accept whatever anyone has worked to get that closeness to allah tabaarak wa taala may allah taala bless us with his qurub with his closeness and make us among his special servants the month of ramadan came the month of ramadan was coming we were saying and now the month of ramadan has even gone the question is what have we brought along a person goes to work somewhere so the person went overseas to work he spent some good time working made a lot of sacrifices it was a very good opportunity everything was there for the taking now he's come back home so the question will be what did he bring along and if he says well i earned a lot but whatever i earned i lost it on the way then those at home will say that you wasted your time so likewise the month of ramadan came this was a golden opportunity and that golden opportunity allah taala gave us to earn and then it is for us to keep what we have earned and to take it along so now this is the, the aspect that we need to reflect on that the month of ramadan has left us what did we bring along how much have we progressed what have we done to get closer to allah taala and are we still moving on that line on that path so this is something that we need to think about very carefully we think need to reflect on we need to check within ourselves and then make amends if we have slipped somewhere we need to start putting a program into place to take us forward so that the purpose of the month of ramadan is not lost many a times it happens that after a person has been engaged in some good amal very quickly thereafter sometimes a person just falls into something and it becomes a very strange situation that such a long time everything was going so well what happened how did this suddenly turn around Now, there are many reasons for this it's not any one reason there are many things sometimes it happens that a person this ujb 
and this vanity came in and crept in. MashaAllah, somebody was able to make many khatams of the Qur'an Sharif, was waking up for tahajjud every night, was doing many amal, excellent. But those amal were with the tawfiq and the blessing of Allah Ta'ala. Now this ujb and this pride crept in, this feeling of greatness crept in, that I am also somebody. And as a result, the benefit that had been achieved, now that has been turned, and a person now is deprived of all that good, because the person has allowed this pride to step in, this ujb and vanity to come in. This was a moment to be very, very humble in front of Allah Ta'ala and to be very grateful to Him, grateful to Him for the blessing, for the tawfiq of the righteous amal. But now the person starts thinking great of oneself, then this is turning the attention away from Allah Ta'ala towards oneself, as if it is my achievement, as if I did something. So then we fall from the grace of Allah Ta'ala. And as a result, this is something that is very dangerous. So number one, we should make sure that this ujb, this pride never comes in. Rather we turn to Allah Ta'ala in humility and in gratitude, make shukar, but be very humble. Ya Allah, what has been done is only your grace and that to my weakness it was done in such a poor manner, such in a, such a haphazard way. It is not worthy of presenting. It is not worthy of expecting anything upon it. It is only your grace and your favor that you will accept it and you will grant us rewards on it. Otherwise, it is not worthy of presenting to you. So that's the first thing, this ujb. Then the second thing is, sometimes it is due to some deficiency in the extent of the adab that we should have been making of the month of Ramadan and the extent of the appreciation for that Mubarak month that we should have had, that is something that we unfortunately did not do the way it should have been. And as a result, sometimes there is this bi'adbi. That brings about some consequences. Now later, a person suddenly slips. So this is something to be now checking within ourselves, making toba, making istighfar. This is something which happens from time to time. People are then very, very perplexed. They write to find out, but what happened? How did this happen? And this is what we need to check within ourselves. That have I slipped up somewhere? Then I must make toba, make istighfar, make amends, come back to Allah. And then sometimes it is that we never even tried to do what we should have been doing. That the month of Ramadan came, a person was involved in some haram before Ramadan, and even the month of Ramadan we didn't make sincere toba. Even the month of Ramadan we didn't stop those evils. Somebody was involved in some kind of illicit contact, some chatting. Unfortunately, the month of Ramadan also the person didn't stop. That was a major ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala for that ni'mat and bounty of Ramadan. It was really something very major that a person didn't even take that opportunity to stop. But in any case, there is no despondency in deen. Now is the time to really turn and come back to Allah Ta'ala. 
If it didn't happen yet, Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are still open. Many times it happens that people say that I didn't even perform many of my salah. The month of Ramadan went and now life is just carrying on. I don't even perform all my salah properly. Somebody says that I am involved in this chatting still. Somebody, I am still listening to some haram, listening to music, listening to some other evils. Somebody is looking at certain things which they should never be looking at. All these things are unfortunately continuing. What we need to understand very clearly is that these things will never give us any solace. It will never give us any comfort. It will never give us any kind of contentment and peace. It will only keep increasing the turmoil in our hearts. It is the trap which is covered with a very, very glittering cover. A person thinks that this is, mashallah, what a lush piece of ground, such a beautiful carpet or the the grass and the lawn is like a carpet here. person goes to sit on that and he crashes inside. And now he's trapped in this terrible situation inside, all kinds of poisonous snakes and scorpions and whatever else is there. And the person is in this terrible situation. Likewise, shaitan puts the traps of all these things which seem like it will give a person some kind of peace, some kind of contentment, but it will only bring turmoil. What is the way out of these things? The way out of these things is, number one, sincere toba, Sincere toba, Turning to Allah Ta'ala in sincere repentance. And keep making toba. Continue with toba even if it's a hundred times in a day. Keep begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. One is that a person should make the effort to immediately give up the haram. Immediately. But supposing that the person made that firm intention but still fell into it, then immediately again make toba. Never stop making toba. Never stop begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness regardless of whatever the situation may be. Now this might sound strange, but there is nothing strange about it, that no matter what, we should never stop making toba and istighfar. Even if the person feels in his heart at the time of the toba that I am so weak, that I don't have that confidence in me, that I am going to be able to manage staying away from this wrong tomorrow. I am going to try, my intention is clear that I don't want to get back to it, but within myself, I can't see this really happening. That is two separate issues altogether. One is the person is making that firm resolution that I'm not going to go back. But within, there's a thought that I'm so weak that I don't know how long I'm going to last. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope I can remain firm, but really I don't know how long I'm going to last. Now that's a worry, that's merely a concern. That is an anxiety. It is not an intention to go back to the wrong. But the person is concerned that I'm weak. And the other is, a person is making toba, but he's planning in his mind that I will go to this tomorrow. I will go back to it. Now these are two totally separate things. Where the person is saying I will go back to it in his mind, then he hasn't made toba. That he hasn't really repented from that sin. 
and the chances that he's going to stop that sin is very remote now. Because he is not even making Tawbah. And the person who is making Tawbah, but he's worried, he's sincere, he's making a firm intention, I'm not going to do this again. But he's worried that I'm very weak, I might fall into it again. That is a separate thing. That worry hasn't uh, harmed his Tawbah in any way. The Tawbah is genuine. Allah forbid if he falls into it, he'll make Tawbah again. But this is something that needs to be now looked at carefully, that what is the process of the Tawbah. person is sincere about the Tawbah, so first is that the Tawbah is made, a person begs Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, not just in a very, very casual way, but four rakats, six rakats, eight rakats, Salatul Tawbah, and then making istighfar very deeply from the heart, hundred, two hundred times, then making dua, shedding tears of remorse and regret, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, then there is a process to follow. For example, somebody has not been performing the salah. Now they realize that this is a terrible thing. How could I have been doing this? Salah, the most important ibadat after iman. Salah, which is the thing that will be questioned about first on the day of Qiyamad. What a major thing. And I wasn't performing my salah. There was one brother who in month of Ramadan I met him and he is about maybe six, seven years, or maybe around there, a little more, a little less, alam, six, seven years into Islam. So he wasn't a Muslim prior, previously, he was a Hindu, and now he's accepted Islam about six, seven years ago. So while talking, he was talking about certain issues that he has, some difficulties, etc., etc. Now his family is still not Muslim, he's the only one in his family that's Muslim. Now imagine the challenges that he has to face, and while talking, he didn't, it was clear to me that he didn't plan to say this. This was something that just came up. And in the process, he said two things, which really were very, very touching, very inspiring, something that was an eye-opener. Two things, he says, from time to time, when I wake up, and I'm just gripped with this fear that, Allah forbid, what happens if I lose my iman? He says, this fear actually takes my sleep away. Now a person has come new into Iman. He's six, seven years as a Muslim. But he appreciates this such a way that he gets so worried sometimes that Allah forbid, what happens if I, Nawazubillah, I lose this Iman? What a state I will be in. And, but he said it also, it was something that like really shook the heart. That this person is so concerned about protecting his Iman. And mashallah is a person that is when you see him, you will never be able to guess that this person is new in Islam. Full in sunnat libas, his face shows that nur, somebody who is very, making a very good effort in trying to keep closely to the sunnat, stay away from everything that is impermissible. And now this was his one point that he made, that I really, you know, sometimes my sleep goes away, I can't sleep at night. Just worrying that Allah forbid, what happens if I lose my iman, I don't want to lose it. So now, he's in the process now, he's asking now, I do these few things which I've heard, that these are the things that will inshallah make it easy for a person to stay on iman and recite the kalima at the time of death, the constancy on miswak, and then the du'as, some du'as, Allahumma thabbitni ala al-iman, wa amitni ala al-iman, wa ahshurni yawm al-qiyamati ma'al-iman. There's several things he mentioned, I do these things regularly, 
other aspects which have been explained as the glad tidings for death on Iman, I do those amal. In other words, he's worried that, is this sufficient? Should I be doing more? What else should I be doing? How many times did we have this concern? There, were, there was one tabi'i, and he says, I met 70 sahaba, 70 sahaba, and every one of them used to fear nifaq, they used to fear that hypocrisy must not come into them, or that they used to fear within themselves that I perhaps am a, am a hypocrite, whereas they were of very strong iman, we can't imagine the strength of their iman, but despite the strength of their iman, this was that fear, iman is between hope and fear, that they were not uh, bold, they were not fearless, that what does it matter, nothing, everything is fine. How many times we worried about it? And because we don't worry about this great gift of Iman, we don't worry about getting involved in haram, we don't worry about not fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, our salah gets missed, we don't think anything about it, because this value of Iman, that is not how it should be. The Iman is there, Alhamdulillah, this is a gift of Allah Ta'ala. It's purely His gift. But the manner in which this, the consciousness of this gift should be in the heart, and the extent of the value of this Iman, that is something which we are lacking. And these people who have come new into Iman, they are the people who are truly appreciating it. Now that was one point he made, that you know, I'm really worried, I really get very worried. And he says, he even asked, now he's married, so he asked his wife, now who's a born Muslim, do you ever feel like this? She said, no, she doesn't feel like that. Now we can ask ourselves the same question. Do we feel like that? Does this thought ever make us worried sometimes? So alhamdulillah, we should make shukr upon the iman Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. But at the same time, that concern, that we should never lose this. Hazrat Yaqub Ali Wasalam, is on his last moments of life in dunya. He calls his children and Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Qur'an Sharif, أَمْ كُنْتُمْ شُهَدَاءِذْ حَضَرَ يَعْقُوبَ الْمَوْتِ إِذْ قَالَ لِبَنِيهِ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِي He calls his children and he says, now I'm going to pass on now. Who are you going to worship? So they say, no, don't. we're going to worship your Rabb and the Rabb of your forefathers, meaning we're going to worship Allah Ta'ala. We're not going to worship anything else. And he says, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Look, just be steadfast on your iman. Make sure you don't lose this. Life must leave you in the state that you are mu'min. You are still in Islam and Iman. Even the Anbiya Ali Wasalam were concerned that their offspring must remain firm on Iman. Do we think about it? Does it cross our hearts and minds? So now the one thing was that this value of Iman that was in his heart used to actually take his sleep away with the worry that I mustn't lose this. We have lost sleep about dunya aspects. What about our Iman? Then the second thing that he mentioned, and in passing, in passing he just mentioned this, he said to me that one of the biggest joy in my life is to make sajda. He says, the biggest joy in my life is to put my head on the ground in front of Allah Ta'ala. Now he's come from a background of shirk. He's come from a background where he was worshipping idols. He was a Hindu. And now he appreciates this gift of Allah Ta'ala, to place the head on the ground in front of Allah Ta'ala alone, and worship none but Allah Ta'ala. Now, sajda is the point that a person gets closest to Allah Ta'ala, as has been explained in the Hadith Sharif. And when he said this also, it wasn't something that, it was lip service, it was something that hit the heart the way he said it. 
because he said it, he was truly talking his reality. And it was just in passing. He said, oh, the biggest joy in my life is to make sajda. Now, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with the same opportunity of making sajda. Let alone nafil, now if we miss the farud sajda also, then what a deprivation. So now, this is the one aspect. One, we digress from somewhere. In any case, the point is, that this was one person I met. And another person also, who also was new into Islam. He also was new into Islam. Now, there was somebody else who wanted to, well, marry him. That person was a born Muslim. Unfortunately, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, she finished off somewhere in the church. And he came to know about it. Now, she still wanted to marry him. He said, in such a way, now somebody was suggesting that, you know, okay, if she wants to now make amends and so on, but he so spontaneously said it, but, oh, what, Ma, she's committed shirk, man. That hate for that shirk was such that the way he said it, the, now he's somebody who's come from that same background. He's a new Muslim. And he has this azmat of Allah Ta'ala in his heart that when somebody has now committed shirk, he can't be part of them. He can't have that person in his life. So he said it in such a way that, look, now, that person has committed shirk, man. And after having been blessed with Iman, now she went in that direction. I can't handle this. Now, for us to now consider within ourselves, how many times have we been truly grateful to Allah Ta'ala for this gift of Iman? Have we put our heads down in sajda and been truly appreciative of this gift? Ya Allah, what a bounty to make sajda in front of you. Ya Allah, to give me this opportunity to get so close to you. This is something that the whole world cannot pay me for. The value of this is beyond the whole world. Now imagine what a deprivation if we are missing even our fard salah. So now the first thing we digress from the point of that supposing we are missing our salah, now to make toba from that. And then to get onto the process. What will be the process? One is we should take the courage. If we approach one of our muallimas to help us, Nobody's going to look down upon us. Nobody's going to run us down. Nobody's going to tell us anything that is going to discourage us. They're going to encourage us. Yes, whatever has happened was wrong. They're going to encourage us to move forward. So now we will take the help. That look, I will give you whoever we feel comfortable talking to. I will give you a weekly report. Or maybe initially for the first 10 days, first 20 days, a daily report of the salah of the previous day. Did I perform all my salah? Did I perform it in good time? Or was it in the last moments of time? Was it done haphazardly or properly? So a brief report of the day's salah on the day before. Now we take the courage to go and make this arrangement with someone. And they will guide us. Now someday we didn't do it, we be honest. If we slipped up somewhere, we be honest. Now they will guide us Okay, fine, you missed it, now you go and make the qaza immediately, make toba, read so many istighfar, depending on the situation, depending on how, how many times this happened now, you might even say, okay, today, you, your spending, you brought along from home, how much spending, give it to a poor student. Now this must bring some pressure on the nafs. Okay, today you don't have any luxuries, you normally eat some chocolate or something, today nothing, for the next whole week nothing. Whatever it is, something within reasonable limits, something within range, something that will be a means of helping us go forward and it won't be such that it will 
break our spirit entirely also. But this is now a process. Now we are being serious about moving forward. Now we are being serious about the Toba that we made. That now we are engaging with someone who can help us and they will guide us and there will be some pressure on the nafs but we are committed to taking that and in a short while we will see how this will become part and parcel of our lives. Now that is something we have to do now. We cannot allow for tomorrow. Tomorrow is too late. Tomorrow we don't know what's the position tomorrow. And each day that passes in a negative situation it opens the door to further negativity. It opens the door to getting further down, to becoming even more lazier, to becoming even more neglectful. So every passing day is adding to the problem. So we cannot delay for even one day. We need to make a decision and move forward. Sometimes somebody is, for example, caught up in looking at haram, listening to haram, the month of Ramadan came, that thing stopped unfortunately, or it stopped and then carried on again. Now is the time to really make sincere toba, then to undertake the process forward. Now what is the process forward? So now the process forward in this case is, one is this muraqaba. Person is making the toba, but now it's not just a lip service toba. Person has to couple it with that effort as well. So the effort is now, for example now, this is one of the things, daily muraqaba for a few minutes, morning, afternoon, evening, two, three minutes at a time. For example, the muraqaba that will help a person to stop listening to music. Now this is a serious thing. This music is not just listening to music, but it is actually pumping all those poisons in the heart, which then kill the spirit of deen. Listening to haram, looking at haram. These two things, they kill all the spirit and the drive for deen. Because this poisons the heart. Now the heart is engulfed and engaged in this haram. And as a result, it cannot focus towards what is good. It's now engulfed in this darkness. It feels uncomfortable in the light. When a person has been in the dark room, and somebody suddenly puts the light on, person is now, eyes are hurt. So person wants to close the eyes again. Now that is what happens. But if a person just makes that mujahada and keeps the eye open, then slowly he'll get used to the light, then he'll feel comfortable in the light. So likewise here is now this muraqaba, which will help us see the light. What is the muraqaba? In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that a person who listens to music in this world, molten lead, boiling hot molten lead, will be poured into the ears of such a person on the day of Qiyamah. Now, Sometimes just something little bit hot we touch with our hands and we get burnt. We feel very uncomfortable. The ear is very, very much more sensitive than the fingertips. The fingertips can tolerate much more than the ear. Now imagine that boiling hot molten lead being poured in the ear. So now the person is imagining the scene of Qiyamah. And there's a whole line of people. And one at a time, now these are all the people who listen to music. And now you can see one person now being taken forward. And now this molten lead is being poured into that ear. Can we imagine how that person is shrieking? How he is screaming? And what pain he is going through? And now the next person. And then the third person. And my turn is coming up. I don't want to be part of that. 
Now I need to make sincere tawbah quickly, immediately. And now, Ya Allah, you say, you save me from this. Ya Allah, you save me from getting this punishment on the day of Qiyamah. Ya Allah, you save me from listening to music in this world. Now this muraqabah, imagining this. And then now on top of that, whenever this temptation comes, one is in this dedicated manner, morning, afternoon, evening, two, three minutes each, dedicated manner. But together with that, over and above that, whenever this temptation comes, immediately taking the heart and mind to the same muraqabah immediately. Taking the heart and mind to the same scene of the day of Qiyamah. Likewise, imagining that all those who are looking at haram now, their eyes are being gorged out. Imagining that. Now, what a pain. What a terrible thing. And now my turn is coming up. Allah Ta'ala forbid. I can't do this anymore. Now that muraqabah is one that will help. Then together with that, the person has taken the step of deleting all this haram. Deleting all these things that take a person towards evil. And also staying away from those devices. Now when a person will make this kind of positive attempt, positive effort, then Allah Ta'ala will make it easy to overcome these challenges. But if we don't couple it with that effort, then now we are making a deficient tawbah. We have to make the tawbah and make the effort with it, to keep away from it. Now when a person does this, Allah Ta'ala opens a way for him. So this is the thing now, that this month of Ramadan is gone, this next phase of Madrasa has started, we are back now for about a week in Madrasa. But now let us make this latter part of the year in Madrasa very positive. Let us not just make this another coming and going. Let us change our heart and mind. Let us make ourselves the true Muslimas that we should be. Let us turn and get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Let us now rectify whatever the issues are in our life. Take some help. Take some advice. Nobody is going to run us down. Nobody is going to discourage us. Nobody is going to divulge whatever we discuss to anybody else. They will give us sincere advice and they will help us along. And shaitan's efforts will be then all turned upside down and we will get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the thing that we need to now in this new term of Madrasa not just take this as now well another term has come and let's just think, carry on. Alhamdulillah, we've had the benefit of Ramadan. The effects of Ramadan are still with us. We must now quickly latch on to that and build on to it. And inshallah, if we take this seriously now, in a short time, we'll find that all the things that we should be doing and which we are not managing to do so, all that will become very easy for us. All the things that we should be refraining from, but those things are not being uh, coming out of our lives. We are still indulging in it. With this little effort we'll find how easily, inshallah, all those things will be ridded out of our lives and we become so much more peaceful, so much more serene and content in our lives and we'll have this connection and qurub and nearness with Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And when we get this pleasure of Allah ta'ala, then we have everything. min Allahi akbar. The pleasure of Allah ta'ala is the most, the greatest thing. We have that. We please Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala will please us. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq and make us his true and sincere servants. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam abimahu wa ra'ahalu. 
اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين